Now live and on lockdown. Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland, and across the globe. Worldwide, baby. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed. Going Beyond Borders podcast on Heart Song Live Radio with your host. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Please, please welcome. Fraser Ramsey. Fraser Ramsey. And welcome to another edition to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. Uh, the reason why I'm playing a bit of rocky music, you, I'll explain that in a second. So um, I hope you're well. Whatever you've been up to this past week, whatever you've been doing, we've had a great weekend. The weather is sl- slightly getting better in the UK, which is fantastic. Scotland is due to have a bit of a heat wave, which is great. So uh, Scotland is due to have a bit of a heat wave, which is fantastic. So we're going to be absolutely cooking. So there'll be a few uh, kind of pink people uh, walking around because we're just like lobsters. But yes, yeah, so um, if you wonder why I was playing a bit of rocky music, um, because my my guest, uh, my guest has, uh, let's just say, has been on the mat. But instead of choosing to stay on the mat, has chosen to get back up. As we can get back up and fight and to turn what? has happened in our life around uh, from basically being very, very challenging situations, uh, even from being homeless. So we are going to find out what she does now and we're going to come back to the challenging part of in the in the show. The challenging part later on in the show is what switch have you had to turn off, which has been quite a challenge to do, that you don't want to do it, but you've got to do it. And it's not been easy, an easy choice, but we'll find out about that switch. Later on in the show, we'll have music from Brent Mann as well. We'll have our usual kind of jingly sweeps to kind of promote things. We've got Engage Worship coming up in about three weeks' time uh, in Edinburgh, so it'll be good fun. Look forward to that. So uh, there'll be lots going on and lots happening. You've also got other shows like um, Arise with Loho every morning, Monday to Friday. You can tune in if you're awake at 7 o'clock in the morning UK time, which is uh, 2 or uh, 12 midnight. Sorry, 8, 11 o'clock uh, the night day before in Pacific time. So you can tune in and listen to Arise with Loho. But in the meantime, it is Ramsey Unleashed going beyond borders. We are unleashed. We welcome Altivis Pelzer, the unicorn. And yeah, I forgot that didn't quite work out, but never mind. Hey, welcome Altivis. How are you doing? <laughs> Hey Frazier, thank you so much for having me. I I didn't quite go upon that. I think I sort of lost my train of thought. (laughs) Hey dear, oops. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, so welcome to um, Ramsey and Easton. How's it going? Hey Frazier, thanks for having me. Uh, I love being able to come and talk to you. You guys, listen, being able to talk to you guys all over the world, that is an amazing opportunity. Well, welcome. Um, so we're going to dive straight in and we're going to talk about the now. What is it you do now and why do you do it and what's your sort of aims and what's your sort of, what do you want to benefit from it and what's your et cetera, et cetera, by people listening to you, what you do now? So it's interesting. As you rehearse it and say it, it still sounds unreal and surreal. Um, I am an author, a best-selling author, a speaker, a podcaster, and a life coach. And throughout this journey, it's like the more I say it, it still doesn't really sound like it's real. It's almost like I'm living a fairy tale. Uh, 
I am working for myself full time. I currently have a mastermind group as well as an accountability group. I do speaking classes and loads of other things. Um, I'm considered the the voice coach, not because I can sing. I cannot do that to you guys, <laughs> but <laughs> more so because I help women to find their voice. And so my demographic is women who have gone through some type of abuse, most who have not shared their message, who have not told many people. And so I help them to take that thing, that situation that they went through and to be able to mix it up and use it as something that they can use as a book title, a speech, or even a business. So expand, expand a bit more on the, the, sort of the, the details of the people that you have helped and the success that they've gone from you helping them and where they are now. Um, ex- explain a bit more on these people that you've kind of helped by you, what you do and how you the process when somebody does come to you. Just expand a little bit. So I connect with people from all walks of life, from all ages, but normally within the ages of about 25 to about 44. And normally these people have gone through some um, tremendous things in their life. But those who have gone through abuse, the hardest thing is to have that self-confidence to realize that you can achieve some great things, right? Mm-hmm. Not only that, to, but to realize that what you went through was only one chapter of your your life. And so I literally, I take them through a process of writing their story out and they can use that story in many different ways. So far I've helped women write books, 15 books to date within two years. My clients have been able to publish and are are all on Amazon as well as one of my clients who is legally blind has gotten an award and is now an award-winning speaker as well as creating her own show on Facebook live. That's called cooking blind. I know it sounds kind of <laughs> odd, right? Cooking blind. <laughs> it does sound a bit right. Okay. I'm just, I'm just going to make a fry up love. Okay. I, exactly. I, I might not, might be a while. <laughs> But she shows her audience just how much they can actually do, even though they are considered legally blind. And she pushes them to go past their limits, past what it is that society would tell her she was capable of doing. She's actually out today doing drill team and and stepping with her drill team. So listen, does that really sound like somebody who is legally blind? So she's doing a fitness class with her fitness class. No, this one is more of like drill team and step team, like marching band type thing. Wow. And that takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot of energy just on a regular person on anybody. It would take a lot of energy, but imagine the extra work that she puts in because she is legally blind. Wow. It's interesting. Uh, I know who you're personally talking about, which is uh, Cheryl Manette, um, which is you know it's great to see what she does. It's amazing that you can. From our next get next week, for example, we'll have Winston Ben Clements, and it's another an example of just how you can overcome your disabilities and still have a normal life. To yes, etc. So it doesn't really affect, um, and you can, there's ways of overcoming and not letting them, the the disability defeat you, but overcoming that and like and still living the best you can without uh 
sort of just not not doing anywhere, not going anywhere, basically, which is uh, certainly a way of doing it. So, <clears throat> well, what's your kind of with what you're doing? And what, I know you've what you when you started, and to how you brought it into where you are now. What's your kind of main? Where do you see yourself? Have you got any sort of forecasting goal? Six months to a year? Where do you see yourself? Six months to a year would be me going and doing my first international speaking event. Um, I'm actually in the process of talking to some people to do something either in the UK or in Africa. And one of the reasons why is because I know that there are many, many people that go through abuse Mm -hmm. and it's unfortunately it's a strand that really connects us. But because nobody comes out and talks about this particular topic, it's one that people really feel as though they're alone. They really feel as though nobody understands what they're going through and that there's nobody that could help. Right. So that's where I see myself in the next six months to a year. Uh, that and publishing more books, of course, yeah. that part. <laughs> Can't get enough more, but the guy, one of the guys I hope to get on soon is Paul Posey, who's written 12 books. I don't know how, how many books have you written uh, so far? Yes, I am at book number nine and book wow. number 10 is actually in the process of going up on Amazon this weekend. Wow. So 10, number nine, so 10, nine, great. This is great. So uh, what's your soul? How many books do you just want to write? You, you got a target. Do you want to just keep writing and just go with the flow? I just keep writing. I have so much content and information. It's. It's, I've been writing since about middle school. So mm-hmm. I have, I'm not going to tell you my age, <laughs> but it's been a, it's been a while. And so I have so much content and then I'm always creating content. That's one of the re- things that I love about being able to work for myself is that I'm always creating something. I'm always creating new ideas and new topics to talk about. So there's always something that I can put into a book and put up on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles. That's brilliant. So if you're looking to buy her books, just hit Amazon. You can't go wrong. You'll just type in her name and you're you'll get a list of endless books, literally. <laughs> Sorry, my voice is just dying on me tonight. So apologies. I am a stupid client. My not my stupid client, my client had a cold, so I'm gonna blame him in the code. So forgive me something. So apologies if I'm sounding a bit hoarse. Or maybe, yeah, I won't go there. Barry, sound like Barry White. Uh, so apologies for that. Anyway, um, so let's... What When you support Donya Winningham, you're a coach. I mean, obviously, you, you connected with her. When did you, when did you connect with her? How did you find out about her? And the pro, tell us the process of when you started doing her learning from her to get to where you are. So in 2015, I made a decision that I was going to um, rebrand my business. At that time, I had been doing um, social media marketing and virtual assistant services for about a year. It wasn't really all that I wanted it to be. And so it was kind of like draining everything out of me. But I was still eager to be this entrepreneur and to do something amazing. I didn't necessarily know what it, what that would be, but I said, you know what? I'm going to get I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep moving forward. And I 
ended up going to the Periscope Act, where I was actually supporting a friend who was doing some broadcasts on there. And I don't know who shared out Danielle's video, but I kind of got into her video. And once you get in there and you start listening to her speak and start listening to the things that she does, it's like, oh, it's anything goes. I just need to go ahead and sign up for whatever she has. So I ended up signing up for a live streaming course with her. And that was in the time frame that I wanted to, I was in the process of trying to publish my first book. Mm-hmm. I was uh, rebranding my whole business and deciding exactly what direction I wanted to go in. But then also as an introvert, Live streams was scary. (laughs) That was scary to do. And even in some of my first videos, I'm shaking back and forth, swerving and and swirling on a a stool and rocking back and forth because of my nerves so bad. But it's been my classes and taking those classes with her that I really built up that endurance. I built up that consistency and that strength. And literally now this upcoming week, I will be in Houston and seeing one of her events on the millionaire builders bootcamp. Uh, So I'm excited because I never thought that I really would be here in the beginning. It was kind of like, I just want to be an author. I just want to publish a book. Mm -hmm. And here it is two years later, I'm podcasting. I have 10 books. (laughs) I'm speaking and emceeing like, wow. Right. It was very good. It was very great to achieve. And as I say, people who are listening, you can't. This is just, don't be afraid to do it. So give it. You do. You do a lot of live streams. You do live about three or four times a day. Um, do you have a, a set? Obviously, when you're from your morning live to your last live of the day, do you have a set program that you follow yourself to to attract people to watch your lives or watch the replays? I do. I do a lot of networking. Um, I've found that networking has been my way to connect with the world. And so I've networked my way into speaking opportunities, into getting new clients, but I've also networked my way into getting more followers across social media. Cause right now video is everything, right? Video, it can take your business, no matter how small it is, no matter where it is in the world, and literally boost it 100, 200, 300, 1,000% depending on a couple key things. It's going to be dependent upon your consistency. It's going to be contended about your content. So what are you talking about when you go live? So that has really been able to allow me to expand and connect with so many people because I'm very transparent on my lives. And I talk about the things that I've gone through in this journey, in my life, um, as a single mom, uh, as a a fur baby mom, because I have a pet guinea pig. (laughs) So those things are what I go live and talk about, and it connects with my direct audience. What's your guinea pig's name? Penelope. (laughs) Penelope (laughs) Pitstop. It's got like a pink cage by any chance, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have learned some important lessons from having a guinea pig. I never thought that it would it would take me to where 
am right now. But yeah, you learn some lessons when you have a guinea pig. You're a bit of fan of uni- you're a bit of fan of unicorns. Why unicorns? I am a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I have been through some really interesting things in my life, and I found that the unicorn itself embodies freedom. It, mm-hmm. it embodies creativity. It embodies, you know, standing out. And even when people don't believe in you, you still can stand strong and tall. And so with everything that I've gone through, that has literally been my stepping stone. That has been my springboard because I can directly connect with that. As you know, everybody says, you know, unicorns are mystical beings and they're not real. Well, people think that I'm not real. People look at me and with everything that I've been through and they say, I don't understand how you're still smiling. I don't understand how you have so much joy and laughter. Like why? I I don't get it. Like I'm trying to figure it out. And that's the same way that they feel about unicorns. So it fits. That's good. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, Well, let's say what we'll do is we'll. I'm going to come back and I'll take a quick break just to rest my voice because it's uh, so I don't um, die myself here. Uh, so I want to do it the last, but we'll um, play. I'm going to play a couple. I'll play a tune from Brent Mann, um, and we'll come back to uh, Altavis. We'll talk a bit more about her. The covered the now, but we're going to talk about the the past, and uh, we're talking about the switch that I've kind of teased people with regarding that. So we'll be back uh, in a second after some music from Brent Mann. Well, hello. It's good to hear your voice. I hate to call so late. But I didn't have a choice I'm calling you from Dallas Headed for L.A. Wish I had more time to talk Got so much to say Here's the weather 
have you put the garden out? Are the dogwoods blooming out behind the house? I'm not sick, there's nothing wrong. Nah, don't wake up dead. I just thought of you and home and you're a little sad. No, I ain't forgot how I was raised. I'm living way too fast. It's a roller coaster HeartsongLive.co.uk, your inspirational station. for the long run let the world be safe for 
Worshippers gather from all across the British Isles for an uplifting and reviving evening of worship at Engage 2018, The Encounter, featuring Philippa Hanna, Mu Yiwa and River Songs, Moji Sola and Shola Okunuga. Saturday the 21st of July 2018 from 6pm to 9pm at the prestigious Assembly Rooms in Edinburgh. Doors open at 6pm for a reception hour. Tickets available on www.engageworship.net. Book your free tickets today for Engage 2018. Engage is brought to you by Heartsong Ministries in partnership with Scottish Bible Society, The Estes Company, Mission Aviation Fellowship, Unbound PR, Step Forward, Vine Juice, True Life Promotions, Care for Scotland, One Man in the Middle, Food for the Hungry, and much more. Engage 2018. One God Encounter can change everything. And welcome back. Uh, I'm about to do live radio. Uh, quick recovery there. Did I have the wrong files for playing? But never mind. Hey ho. Good thing about live video. Live video, it's all fun. But we're back. Uh, Altavius Pelzer is our guest, the Unicorn. We just had a brief chat regarding. Uh, what she does now, being an author of almost 10 books, you can buy them on Amazon, so if you want to read all 10 and you're maybe bored and your TV's broke you've got, not bored, but obviously for the right reasons you're going to read them, but uh, you're going to buy them, on all. you're going to buy all of them you're going to read them all and you're going to love them and you're going to buy your next 10 when they come out, so anyway Altavis, how are you doing? You're back, you there? You still, you still alive? Yes, I am still here. <laughs> <You're> still alive. <laughs> not, not that same folk would be bored to read your books because they're obviously the TV's broke. Not that it didn't quite come out right. But anyway, never mind. <laughs> I'm just uh, not quite with it um, today. But never mind. 
we're going to go into the the serious part of the, the the conversation now. The serious part of growing up, you ha- had to go through a traumatic experience regarding your mother. Uh, but before you go into that part, tell us life growing up as a fam. Uh, just what was life like growing up uh, where you're, you grew up about uh, obviously your, your siblings etc and uh, what was family life like for you right so for me I am the child of a single parent um, so growing up was very interesting it was a lot of moving around it was a lot of things that um that, that other people, you know, may have never had to endure. But one of the things was during a time when my mother was going and getting her second degree um, because she held uh, a fashion degree as well as an accounting degree. She was going and getting her second degree and I was not living with her at that time. So for me, I had spent maybe about a year, two years living with an aunt. And it was during that time that I was molested by the son of a family friend. Mm -hmm. So never something that I had talked about, never something that I had shared. Um, My mother recently passed away in 2011. And I even up until that point, I still had never shared it with anyone, including her. Mm Because even though I was still very young, I felt this need that I had to protect her because she was working so hard to do what was best for us as a family. So since she was working so hard to do what was best for us, I felt like I had to protect her for some reason. I think that's like that. That's something with all children is at some point we feel as though we have to protect our parents, even if we're young, you know, we'll fight for mom and dad, uh, for their attention, we'll fight for them per se. But that was, that was the starting point for some very traumatic things that happened along the, uh, the way along this journey called life, Mm -hmm. but moving at times from place to place, um, dealing with the loss of my grandmother uh, in middle school was a very, very traumatic for me because my middle, my influenced me to write. That was the reason why I started writing to begin with. And it almost felt as if she gave me, gave me that influence. And then she was gone because she passed away literally that year that I started writing in sixth grade. So when did your, when did your mom fall, fall ill? My mother dealt with uh, childhood diabetes, so she had been going through diabetes the whole time. Um, and usually, those who know who have gone through diabetes, you know that as you get older from childhood diabetes, there's a lot of health complications. Right. So we went through at one point her having to have her eye removed. We went through um, so many other things, and then. What ended up happening was she she got pneumonia oh and went took her to the hospital for pneumonia and she never came home. She was literally she went straight from the hospital to 
a um, a facility for her to get a little bit better. Then she went to a nursing home. And from that point forward, for three years, she was in that nursing home, which was really traumatic because, again, she was still she was young. In my mind, she was young. Mm -hmm. She was still in her 40s. Uh, so, so she wasn't, she wasn't, you know, like in her eighties or in her nineties or anything like that. She was in her forties and here it is. She was living in a nursing home and enduring, you know, having to have bed sores and going back and forth to the hospital. And it, it takes a toll on you at the time I was not living in the same state as her. So I was maybe about an hour and a half away from her driving distance statewide to get to the state where she was mm -hmm. and then still having to drive to the actual place where she was at. So it took a toll. You're riding up and down the highway, you know, making sure she's okay. Any emergencies, you're on a train or in a car going up back down the highway again and as the oldest of six siblings, it was like, okay, I'm supposed to stay strong through all of this, right? I'm supposed to be the one that's holding it all together. But man, oh man, mm -hmm. that is so tough. So the oldest of six siblings. So who's the, mm -hmm. who's the youngest? The youngest is actually... My youngest sister, who I currently have custody of and am working towards uh, finalizing the adoption of. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting because I'm the oldest and she's the youngest. And she's actually, her age is in between the ages of my girls. So she's 15 and my girls are 14 and 16. Right. And then my son is 17. Wow. Jinx. So, so, where, <laughs> so, so, where, the, so you've got custody, the, you're getting custody of your youngest sibling. What, yes. what, where are the rest of the family or what are they doing? Um, they're all in different other places. Uh, there's a big, like a nine year gap between me and my next, uh, the next sibling. So she has her own children and then the other ones are younger and they're, they have children or they're going to school or they're, you know, doing things with their lives as well. And so she's still in high school. I mean, she just made it through ninth grade oh. <laughs> and so it allowed me to, you know, put her in an atmosphere that was really comfortable for her, of course, because she's around others that are her age. That's, that's, that's good. That's, so at least, uh, so the process of uh, hopefully you'll the final, finalize soon that you'll finally have custody of your own sister to be able to, and that'll be the end of it, really. Yes. If all, if all goes well, then and that will be finalized this year it will be finalized that's fantastic when you were uh, going back to your mum uh, when she obviously really went downhill what was the was a big decision there when you were, were you with her when she was slowly at the tail end of things it that was another hard decision uh i found that you know everybody comes around in certain situations in life so when you're getting married, everybody wants an invitation. And when someone passes away, everybody wants an invitation, right? Mm -hmm. But they come and they want to inject themselves in the process. They want to inject themselves in what should, would, could, what needed to be done and how everything should go. And I was not having it. So in 2011, my mother was really ill 
we found out that she had cancer. She had breast cancer. And she was like, if you could tell she was done. She was really trying to hold on, but it was a struggle. At that point, she was on life support. And we had a huge decision to make. Do we try to keep her on life support and see where this goes and her not really have a good quality of life? Or do we make that decision that, you know, we're just going to take her off the life support and, and see what comes next? And we saw that we made the right decision to take her off of the life support because immediately when they took the breathing tube out of her mouth, Mm-hmm. She wouldn't even open her mouth for them to swab out her mouth and clean out her mouth. She was really like, I am just, I'm tired. I'm done. And that's a hard thing because again, she was still in her forties. At this point she was 47 and I was 30 at that point. So, so imagine there are so many other things going on at that point. Three of my siblings still had not graduated. Well, hadn't graduated high school. Of course, my youngest sister is the last one that's going to graduate in, in a couple years. But so three of them had not graduated high school. So you had them going to school and trying to deal with all of this. It was pandemonium. People wanted to come up and and tell us, oh, we should have her cremated. Oh, no, we should have her buried. Oh, no, we should have this. And I just said, you know what? I threw everything to the wind. I said, no. What's going to be best for me and my siblings? What's going to be best for us? And we decided that the best thing for us was to do cremation. Mm -hmm. Um, When we took her off of life support, uh, she stayed with us for a few days. There were some family members that came in and, and saw her before she took her last breath. Right. And when she took her last breath, it was my aunt. It was one of my sisters um, and two of my cousins in the room with me. And, you know, she took her last breath and, and they pronounced her, you know, that that was that was her actually her last breath. And, you know, it's an interesting scene to be in, in the room when someone takes their last breath, it changes your perception of life. It changes how you talk to people and treat people. It changes how you see people sometimes Mm -hmm. because you're like, wow, you know, we, we think of life being so precious, but in that moment, like, wow, life is really so precious. She just took her last breath. Mm -hmm. So what did you mean? Once that, once she'd gone, what was going Man, it was that exact moment. I had a moment of frustration because I, I did not realize that the practice that hospitals have to go through to verify that someone is, is deceased mm-hmm. is kind of, tra- it's kind of traumatic, yeah. but uh, they, they have to yell the person's name and they're shaking them. And I'm like, if she wakes up and, and answers you, I'm going to leave because I know she, t- <laughs> I know that she took her last breath. If she answers you, you will be in the room with her by yourself. <laughs> but it was a moment where I really didn't say much. I didn't talk. I kind of just cried. Mm-hmm. And, and from that moment to, Walking down that long hallway to going out to the vehicle, getting back to her her old home, 
laying in her old bed. I just cried. I couldn't do anything else but cry. It was like there was no conversation to be had. There was nothing. All I could do was just cry. How long did it take you to sort of start to move forward after that, after it all happened? Wow. I have to say that it took some time to heal. And, you know, you always question, did you make the right decision? You always question um, what's next. And I can tell you that the biggest piece of healing came in 2015, which was four years later. And it was in a conversation that I had with my oldest daughter um, talking about trust. And again, at this point, uh, something that I had not said is that my girls, my two girls had been molested as children at the age of three and five. And imagine going through all of that. And at this point I had not told anybody that I had been molested. So it was trying to do whatever was necessary for them without allowing any frustration and trying not to have any anger come out and trying not to, you know, trying to hold everything together and be okay. And in this conversation about trust, I kind of blurted it out that I had been molested as well. And so with everything that I had gone through in those four years, I didn't really have a true moment of just relaxation until we had that conversation and that conversation changed everything. So after that conversation, what, what, how did you, what, I mean, having these conversations are never easy to actually have. So you've had the conversation, where did you, what was, where did it all take you from there? What, what, what opened up? What was the plan? after being that, having that conversation with your kids? So before then, I was doing VA services. I was behind the scenes, behind the screen, and I had been trying to work on writing the first book, kind of struggling with it for about seven or eight years at that time. And it was that conversation that changed everything because I said, you know what? It's it's time to have my voice heard. It's time for you know, me to tell the story because it could help somebody. And it was interesting because even in a conversation with my oldest daughter later on down the line, I asked her what was one of her most proud moments of me. Now, at that point, I had like three books published already and I was speaking and doing some things. And she said that most her most proud moment was that conversation we had where I told her that I had been molested as well. And that opened up a doorway of opportunity because if she could feel as though she wasn't alone from that one conversation, then what could other women feel from that same conversation or a similar one? What could other women feel when they see a woman who has gone through exactly what they've been through achieving things and entrepreneurship and publishing books and speaking on stages and traveling the world? What would they be able to say about their own journey and how would they feel about their own journey if they could see that before them? 
And that went right into that process of right after that was when I found Dawn Yell and decided to do the rebranding and started getting things in motion and worked on publishing the first book maybe about within six months after that conversation. So it was bananas because here it is in eight years, I was struggling to figure out why I couldn't get this book done. And within six months of having that conversation, the book was done. And the first book is It's Okay to Cry. And the next, what's the the, the second one? The second one is um, Define Your Voice. Third, go through all. Go through all your books and the titles. The third one is the Ripple Effect, and then I have uh, books that I co-authored. One was the Quick Code that I just. Uh, I, yes, the Quick Code. Um, that one I just co-authored with Danielle. I have one that is co-authored. Um, Healing, healing the hurt. Mm-hmm. I have a book of poetry that I co-authored that I have some of my poetry in. That one just came out. I also have a book um, talking about domestic violence that I co-authored, and that one is the butterfly experience. Uh, then the one that I just uploaded is leverage, and uh, oh, she did that is a book of um, some of the lessons that I've learned from the wisdom of my mother. And I think that's the ones that I remember at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Testing, you're honest. (laughs) Excuse me. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up a little bit. We're going to get you to close out shortly. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick uh, promo shout outs to the people who contribute to the show. Um, a shout out to Gaiar Cook from the Gaiar Cook Report, but we will hear from him direct just now. Hi, this is Gaiar Cook from the Gaiar Cook Report, reminding you that in the dog eat dog world of podcasting, Ramsey Unleashed, featured on heartsonglive.co.uk, it's got to be having a leg up on the competition. Yes, that is Guy Cook from uh, the Guy Cook Report. You can tune into him. He's also found on Podbean uh, and also on iTunes uh, and many other places as well. Uh, his podcast a little bit long, shorter than mine. As I say, about ten minutes at a push or a couple uh, up to between two and three minutes. The, sh- the shorter ones, but he talks about SEO and things like that, which is great, and how you can improve your uh, websites and stuff like that uh, on for your business. EileenSmith.com uh, is a contrib- contributor to our show as well. Uh, she does podcasting and does lots of live streams. She's always testing a lot of new platforms and she uh, new platforms, and she is able to uh, guide and help people through things as as well. If you're interested in starting a podcast, we have a uh, CardioAdvisor.co.uk, which if you're looking to buy a new car or um, and we've got Hugh Hattrick, who's the broker. Of that, you can contact him through his website. If you're looking to, also, if you're looking to rent, uh, it's not just local in the UK. If you're going on a holiday, he has a, a way of you can rent uh, a car wherever you're traveling to, wherever it's a global setup, and uh, so you can help you rent the best, get the best deal for renting a vehicle, wherever you may be in the world. Uh, also, we've got Kingdom Beads, Ifia Lethem, who I interviewed last week. She's going to be sponsoring our show, and what we're doing is we have a discount code called Unleashed. So uh, the kind of the money is saved for you, the rest of the contribution 
from that cost that will go towards raising money for cancer. So whatever the percentage of that sale will help towards cancer, that's what we're planning on doing. So EFIA will be sponsoring and also we're having a segment on the show called Frame Your Day. So um, obviously a lot of segment from what she does regarding her, her platform as well going forward. Uh, but many, many other uh, people coming up on the show and you'll be uh, from, from, from Alta Vista. Now we've got um, at EFIA, we've had Tammy Francis Donaldson and we've had Desiree Lee and we've got many, many more people coming from actors, authors, singers, you name it. Uh, it's going to be interesting, as we are going beyond borders, from people in the UK and across the pond as well. But the end of the day, it's giving you guys a platform, and we look for, I look forward to giving you guys a platform and giving you listening to your stories, listening to how you where you've come from uh, by bringing your story into Scotland, into the UK, and onto the airwaves of heartsonlive.co.uk and Ramsey Unleashed going beyond borders. So... It, if you are interested and you have a platform, you have something you want to give or want to share, feel free and get in contact uh, with it, either heart, direct via Hearts on Live. You can speak to Eloho, who is the, the main the main boss, she, uh, or you can give me a shout myself via uh, Facebook or uh, through email, uh, just ramseyunleashed at gmail.com. But anyway, we're going to close out with uh, Altice is going to give us um, a close out message to everybody and what she, how she can help you, where people can find her. But the, her, you'll have her messages, or so links. I'm trying to say links where you can find her, where you can link link up with her, you can buy her books, etc., etc. Uh, if you want to do one of her courses, uh, she will tell you that just now and sh- just after her close out message. Go fire away. So, guys, I'm excited to be connecting with you. No matter where you are in the world, I want to make sure that your voice is heard. Now, how does that work? I know, I know. It works through e-courses, books, uh, listen, mastermind groups, live events. There's always ways that we can connect. But I want to start you off by saying, contact me and get on my calendar because that's always the greatest way to connect is by phone. So if you go to bit.ly forward slash talk to Altavis, you can definitely schedule a time to get on the calendar with me so we can talk about how it is that we can make sure that you are having your voice heard. And also for those of you that are saying, okay, I got it in the beginning. I'm, I'm already on this mission. I just need some resources. Guys, I got you. I got you. I understand. bit.ly forward slash speak loud is how you can get the resources that you need for you to excel in business, to move from that entrepreneur to that, I mean, from that employee to entrepreneur mindset, as well as resources for you to write your first book. Because I did a challenge where you could write it in a weekend. With that being said, I appreciate you guys for listening in. And I appreciate you, Frazier, for having me on as a guest today. No problem, no problem. Hopefully we'll get you on again in the future to talk about your... When you've hit about 20 books, maybe. Or <laughs> more books you're planning on writing, which I'm sure there'll be a lot more to come. Uh, but, but even when your, book, your next book is coming out, you can talk about that or... Whenever you, when it comes to the time that you're going to be physically, maybe in the UK, doing speaking as well. Definitely. So that could Definitely. The goal is 100 books published. I'm on my way. His goal is 100 books. That's good going. That's a, I mean, if you're already done, what, nearly 10 books in how many years? Yeah, I have 10 in two years. So 10 in two years. Literally, you should have 100 pretty quickly. 
So it's not too bad. And if you're the rate you're going, I think you'll be publishing books quite quicker as you go along. And or if not, co being a co-author to books as well and helping people uh, as you're the people that you're helping, you'll be able to if as they're writing books, you may be writing a part, helping them in the process by being a part of their story, uh, a part of them like an analog, like the the, the foreword, etc. And blah blah blah. But uh, but it's cool. Well, what do Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for um, sharing your platform and where people can find you. And um, people, the show notes will be will have show notes at the podcast afterwards, and you can find where you can connect with Altavis. Uh, you can just type in Altavis Pelzer. You can't really go wrong. You will find there on YouTube. Are you on YouTube? Are you on YouTube? I don't know. Are you? I never actually asked. I am on YouTube. Yes. I'm on YouTube. I'm on just about every platform. Um, either put in my name, Altavis Pelzer, or most social media platforms, you can put in Find Your Voice Now. Yeah, she's on billboards, posters, bus stops. Um, you will find her. Just type in. <laughs> <laughs> It's coming, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> She'll be, <laughs> yeah, she's on everything. Milk cartons as well, just in case you can't find her. She gets lost, but you'll, you'll find her, just return her. And you, <laughs> sorry, that's random. Um, anyway, uh, thank you again for being here. And um, thank you again for sharing your platform and your story regarding your mum. And uh, it wouldn't have been easy. And me wish you all the best in the finalising when you get that bit of paper through and everything signed, sealed and delivered that you have final custody of your, your sibling, your sister and uh, you can just go forward with uh, from there and as a family without having any heartache or headache of paperwork and legal legalities over your head and uh, you'll be finally free from everything which will be fantastic news well anyway I'll let you go and I'll <laughs> say thank you and we'll end the show from there everybody and hope you have a great weekend wherever you are and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Okay, bye for now.